going on today i'm looking forward to this podcast we're going to be talking a little bit about mindset and acknowledging why and how we are actively working on that and taking a second to ensure that we are taking stock of how we are improving and i think one of the big things in in conversations recently i've been pressed a little bit to articulate why i am taking the time to read to work on relationships and to do some of these things and what we actually try to think about achieving. If we are consuming so much information, if we're listening to hours of podcasts and we're reading multiple books in a month, and we're listening to audiobooks on top of that, we are constantly taking in input. And what I think is really important with that is number one, you have to think about What am I doing with that input? Is there something that I can do to actively take action? I know me personally, when I started to read books, a lot of books are going to have action steps that they tell you to take. And a lot of the books will tell you, stop right now and take this action step before reading on, right? The Seven Habits are a great example of that. It's a really famous book and they are really adamant with not moving forward onto the next steps until you complete the first one or two or three. And so what we want to think about is when we're actively reading these books, are we taking out of them what we are supposed to be taking out of them? And then I think the big thing that I like to do and what I've really tried to start doing is download the information onto somebody else. The process of teaching somebody what you just learned and having a conversation about it goes a really, really long way in not only retention of information, but also the purpose of the information that you just took in. And I agree with the sentiment that if we're just reading books to read books, if we're not letting our mind wander and being aware of that, and we're not taking stock during the book or even after the book to take some immediate action steps, and we're not downloading that information onto somebody else, or we're not discussing it, we're not teaching We're not taking active things away from it. And then you move on to the next book or you move on to the next podcast or you get back on your cell phone or you start to watch a movie or a TV show again. You are going to miss out on things. You are going to miss the purpose of the book a lot of the time. And sure, we can take time to go back through the book in the future and read it at different points of our lives. And now that's kind of where I'm at. And you guys might have heard me say, I need to go back and read that book. And the reason why is now I understand a lot more of why I'm doing this reading. I have a much more acute view on what I'm trying to accomplish with that task. And for me, a lot of that time, it's going to be educating Maria or having a discussion with Maria, talking about what we just read, talking about what we're learning from our books, or it might be talking with the Sandsbury's or just somebody from the gym generally, or I might take action right away, right? I might go and my mind starts to wander and I come and I do a podcast. It's the exact situation that I'm in right now. And what I was reading about was investor psychology and patience. 
And it's so interesting to me that you have all of these key figureheads all saying the same thing. Yet, every single person, no matter how much they understand the knowledge, the vast majority of people continue to do the dumb, short-term, chase-the-quick-fix mentality thing. And so let's take that to, well, first I'll talk about it in the context that I was reading about, right? Reading Ben Graham's book and watching some, listening to podcasts, listening to interviews with Warren Buffett, and both of them just talk about compounding interest, long-term patience, and buying pieces of companies that you believe in. That if you look forward five or 10 years from now, you can say, there is no way that the economy could exist without Apple, right? Obviously, okay? And that's, it seems obvious, and obviously you don't want to get to the point where you're making your investment decisions based on obvious things, but I can't foresee a future where people don't have an iPhone in their hands, right? Or people aren't using GarageBand to, you know, do podcasts, which is what I'm using right now to do this. I can't see a future in at least five years. Now, five years from now, that might be different, okay? However, all these people now get on and they try to day trade or they don't invest at all. And they're not taking the time to understand this, the power of being involved with things for the long term. And the exact same thing is true with the lottery, right? $1.6 billion mega millions yesterday. And... I think it was $665 million Powerball the day before, okay? And people go out and they buy the tickets and they chase it and they do all these things. And I took a phenomenal statistics class talking about when it actually does become viable to spend $1 on a lottery ticket. And once it surpasses like $800 million, it does actually become like statistically viable. The risk versus reward is actually like becomes almost equal. But this is the thing that people think about is you win the lottery and you haven't developed a lot of good financial habits and almost every single one, it's like 80% of lottery winners go broke. It's about the exact same percentage of people that participate in weight loss challenges who are successful and then one year later, they have put the weight back on or worse, right? They are health-wise, fitness-wise, they have gone broke. They've blown their lottery winnings right? And this mentality is what we are actively trying to work against in this podcast's community, in the fitness community at Friendship. That's what we're fighting against. We are taking the time to invest in the long term. When I went and did one of our corporate wellness uh, presentations, one of the things that I showed, it was this great infographic talking about investing in health and fitness, And there's a ton of data out there, and I'm sure you guys can find multiple studies if you want to. But basically what this study boiled it down to is they took when you are 60 or 70 years old, and let's say you get lung cancer from smoking. Okay, so let's take somebody who's actively smoking, they get lung cancer. They take that and they drop it back so you get an annual cost all the way back to when you're, say, 25 years old and you first started smoking, right? So you didn't get cancer for 50 years, okay? Now, this doesn't even include the cost of the cigarettes themselves, which are obviously a gigantic cost. Just the healthcare costs annualized over each year was $2,500. And so you think about that, right? Those, that huge upfront chunk cost, 50 to 60,000, 100,000, 250,000 
in healthcare costs to battle your lung cancer, to battle these things. Not to mention all of the other intangibles, right? The discomfort, the lack of pleasure, the you know m- wasted money on the way of smoking, the amount of people that don't want to be around you socially because you smoke, all of these other things that come into play here, just the healthcare costs alone. And it's the exact same statistic for diabetes and out of control sugar consumption, right? All of your chronic disease biomarkers, they carry somewhere in that $1,500 to $2,500 a year range in costs. That's what you are sinking into and that's what you are losing in dollar amount each year because of your lack of health. So we think about that, right? If we spend $150 on a gym membership and that gym membership helps hold us accountable, helps us stay consistent, helps us enjoy it, that's not just the short-term fix, right? And that might be why people join. That might be why they start. But we think about that and that's maybe $1,800. Let's say you pay for some additional nutrition coaching when we get it up to $2,500 every single year as an investment. Well, a lot of the studies are going to show you that not only are you going to end up breaking even on that, it's actually going to come back to be a benefit to you, right? You're actually tangibly going to be able to make more money because of your health and fitness. So why don't, why isn't that just what everybody does? Well, here's the people that we're kind of talking about. Here's, here's what the fast twitch mentality is. Let's spend $9 on a weight loss shake system and $9 a month on Planet Fitness. Let's invest in something that's a 21-day challenge. Maybe it's free, right? Maybe this, all these things combined are gonna cost you $20 to $25 a month. But you're gonna have no accountability. You're gonna have a very high risk because there's no assurances on those things. Nobody's gonna know if you're doing the right thing at Planet Fitness or not. You might hurt yourself. Nobody's going to know if you are drinking the right shake. Maybe the shake has a bunch of lactose in it and you're lactose intolerant. And there's all these things that could come up because you're not actually taking the investment-oriented steps, the long-term approach. You're focused instead just on the next 21 days. You're focused instead on what's cheap and what's easy and what's simple, right? But the mentality there is just so broken, right? If we instead, every time that we bought lottery tickets, if we instead just took that money and we focused a little bit more on saving, not spending like on just ridiculous things. I'm looking at my credit card statement right in front of me and Maria and I, like I said, we just went through this financial um, exercise together and I've highlighted all these discretionary spending things, dozens, dozens of things, right? Hundreds of dollars spent in Chipotle. Not a surprise to you guys, I'm sure. Still trying to work on that podcast Chipotle sponsor. It's not coming my way. That's the only thing that could negate that cost. But Lowe's, Scramblers, Dick's, Royal Rhino Club, you know, all these things that are that are luxuries that I don't need to. So we cut back on that stuff, right? And that makes it so much simpler for me. I don't, you know, didn't buy a lottery ticket, right? So I take all that money then and I'm able to invest it in something that's going to be able to pay dividends for a long period of time, just like our health and fitness. But this is the mental exercises that we are trying to put ourselves into. When we read, we are investing ourselves in our own future education. We're investing ourselves in the mindset 
of having a long-term approach to things, having a good long-term mindset, understanding things on a deeper level. Now, there are certainly times where you want to you want to act. You need to take action, right? And a lot of the times, that's going to be in a situation where everybody else around you, or maybe even you, even yourself, you might be panicking, right? You might have just gotten a doctor's notice that you have to go on diabetes medication, and you might be panicking, and you need to take action right away. But just like the initial act of investing, once you've taken that action, the goal is to stay the course. Be consistent. Be the type of person who shows up consistently every day. And that's true whether it's reading, that's true whether it's your marriage or you being a parent, that's true about fitness, it's true about your financial health, whatever it is, if you're gonna be consistent, be consistent for years. There's people all the time who I've seen who are gonna sit there and say X and Y and Z. I want X and Y and Z. I want a six pack. I wanna lose 20 pounds, whatever it might be. I want a million dollars, right? I, I'm pretty sure outside of inheritances, and even that, that started with it too. Every single person who made a million dollars made an investment at one time, and then they worked like hell consistently to grow that investment, right? doesn't matter if it's Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook or if it's somebody just day trading in their basement. You start with something small, you work consistently, and you grow it. It's true with your mind, it's true with your body, it's true with your health and fitness, it's true with your relationships. You don't start at, you know, as we just became best friends, right? Well, maybe you have, I don't know, there are definitely people who have had that kind of an instant connection, but you don't start there. And even if you do, you don't really know anything about the person yet. What builds a friendship is, you know, Grant and I have known each other for over 20 years now. And there's been all sorts of trust things that we've had to go into with each other and conversations we've had to have and relationships that we've both lost and been able to be the person that's there for each other afterwards. Same thing with Jay. You know, he used to sit up with me when I was struggling with a relationship when I was at OU. I was going back and forth. And Jay used to be the guy who wouldn't go out on Saturday night and would just shoot basketball with me. Just me and him were the only pe- people in Pink Center uh, at OU just shooting hoops together because everybody else was out partying and Jay made that sacrifice for me. But we grew closer because of that. We grew inseparably close because of that. Those are the things. Those are those investments. That's an investment that Jay made in me. And it means the world to me even 15 years later with that relationship in our lives behind us, all that is long gone, but I still remember it vividly, right? That was his investment. And then he followed up on that investment with being one of the few friends who wrote me when I was in basic training, called me and was consistently the person who, when I did come back home, he was always down to hang out. He was always down to be the person who was there for me. He reached out, right? I didn't have to reach out. He would reach out. And that kind of a relationship is rare. It's the same thing with Grant. We both moved back to Columbus. We were just excited to have our friendship be able to be closer together. And that's that long-term consistency. And so what I want you guys to think about is 
if you started to make the initial investment in your own mental well-being, in your own mental development, that's awesome. That's incredible. That's the hardest part for most people. The hardest part is introducing yourself to a cute girl across the bar, right? Or whatever it might be. That's the hardest part. It's the initial investment. It's the first time that you maybe talk to a certified financial planner as a family, right? Or you invest your first money into uh, Robinhood. I was talking to Zach Eisenhart the other day, and he's big on the Robinhood app. And you guys probably have heard about that. And I think there's like acorns. There's all kinds of other awesome ways to get invested. And you talked to him yesterday. I was talking to him. He's, he's just excited to be investing. He's made his initial move. Now it's consistency, and he gets it. So he's going to be successful, And that's what's so cool to see. And that's what I love so much about our community is they are taking these four, five, six major parts of your life and they've made the initial investment. They've done the hard thing. They haven't bought into the rhetoric of buying the lottery ticket and never having to worry about anything ever again. They haven't bought into the rhetoric of having a 30-day fasting challenge and all of a sudden I have a six-pack for the rest of my life and all the other bullshit that's out there. And the reason that it's out there is because people don't work on their mindset. And to be honest with you, people are so stupid and everybody just capitalizes on it all over the place. So don't be stupid. Don't be one of the people who looks for the quick fix. Don't be one of the people who says, I can hack this and I can beat it and I can take $5,000 on day trading and trade and trade and trade and turn it into a million. That's so stupid, right? And every time you trade, all the people who are capitalizing on it, right? The Ameritrades, the E-Trades, Charles Swabs, Vanguards, all these people, they're all taking their cut and they're all laughing at the stupid day traders because they make their money all along the way. It's the same thing with the guy who created you know, I'm trying to think of what the the kickboxing one was, but the at-home fitness DVDs, right? The same guy, the guy who came out with, what was it, Ty Bo back in the day, he's made like 10 of them. And I had a friend tell me the other day that I should look at starting a business that doesn't rely on people being smart and being educated. And it's like, you know, you sort of have to laugh at that, but at the same time, it's, it's sad because people just capitalize on other people's stupidity. And now this mindset is so understood that every single advertising agency, every single marketing group, that's what they're going towards. It's happened in the fitness industry and it's been happening. You see the challenges all over the place now. Everything's a challenge. Everything's got a day to it because all the marketing people have all the research and they are sitting there all day long just studying people's psychology Is it 21 days or 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or three months or two months or five months or whatever? It's just in, so we sit here and we are in the industry of long-term consistent wellness, health and fitness and mental health and building a hedge against that sickness, right? But I look at that just the same way as I would look at an intelligent investor or somebody who devotes a lot of time to their own education. We will become the people who are the quote unquote millionaires of the fitness industry, right? We are the people who are going to be 50, 60, 70 and be in phenomenal shape, be mobile and active, be mentally with it. We are not going to have to face as many bad hospital stints 
or, or hospital bills as other people. And let's say you are one of the unfortunate people who has cancer. And this is one of the big arguments that I hear to this all the time is, well, I worked out all the time and I ate super healthy, but I still got cancer anyway. And you see that all over the place. And it's like, well, do you know that you wouldn't have gotten cancer five years earlier or 10 years earlier? Maybe you were able to have five or 10 years of a really high quality life that you wouldn't have if you didn't eat healthy and exercise. Maybe you were able to beat cancer because of the hedge that you built up, because of the muscle mass that you had accumulated from good health and fitness, from good antibodies and anti-inflammation, and your body working like the engine in the machine that it is supposed to be. And so don't let that negativity, that short-term negativity that tries to creep in on you, don't let it dissuade you. It's the same thing with investment stuff. The, the analogies are the same, right? Don't let the downturn in the market be the thing that causes you to lose faith. It's a system. Stick to it consistently and you'll be rewarded. The people who won't be rewarded are the people who do the 30-day diet. They crash. They lose 20 pounds like crazy. They screw up their metabolism. They didn't learn how to eat. They didn't learn how to exercise. And then a few months later, they've cashed out their investment and they've moved on. And they've then we know what's going to happen, right? You lose out on the opportunity, right? And so just be thinking about that. And that's what, if I had an answer to the question of why do I work so hard on my own mental game or my own mentality or my own mental strength, why do I read? Why do I do those things? It's the same mindset as my fitness strategy, which is the same mindset as my investment strategy, which is the same mindset as my relationship strategy. Figure out what you want, make your initial investment, and then stick to it. And stick to it no matter what. Even if you don't see the point. Even if you don't understand why. Even if you show up to the gym tomorrow and like, I've just programmed the dumbest thing in the world, like, and you just don't understand it, and it doesn't make sense, and you're so confused, just stick to it, just do it, right? It fits into a bigger plan. It makes sense, or it made sense to me or to somebody when you programmed it, or when it happened. And it's the same thing with investments, right? You might be sitting there looking at the guts of an investment, Right, looking at the book ratio and how much cash they have on hand and all of the intangibles, and you know that they have high quality management and they are a, a good company that runs well. And all of a sudden, the public sentiment just freaks out and starts selling it like crazy. And you're sitting there like, I, like, why? I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But guess what? That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for you to test your mindset. It's an opportunity to put intention into that day. It's the same thing with the workout, right? You put your intention into that day, even though it doesn't make sense to you. So when you guys are reading a book and when you guys are thinking about your own intellectual pursuits, when you guys are thinking about your relationships, when you guys are thinking about your fitness, your nutrition, think about, have I made the initial investment, right? If you haven't, you have to start. That's the first step, no matter what, right? Do some research, See where you have some opportunity and then start to take action. Start to take your first step. Then from there is the hard part, right? I think that's 
that's the hardest part, right? Is getting started. The hardest part is walking through friendship's doors the first time. The second hardest part is sticking to it and trusting the process, right? And I want you guys to kind of think about that as you guys think about your intellectual pursuits and take stock of things. Talk about them with people. Educate your significant other or educate somebody else in the gym about what you learned that day. It's my favorite question to ask people in the gym. I ask it to students mostly, but what did you learn today? And you would be shocked at how many times I get hit with blank stares, I don't knows, no information, no research, no education, no mindset work, nothing. Let's take some time to take stock of what we're learning and what we're doing and how we're educating ourselves. And I think it's amazing. Some of you guys do a great job of sending videos and sending links and sending your write-ups and your thoughts to me via email. And I love it. And it's one of those things that's like, that's awesome. You're downloading your information. You're taking it as an input and now you are outputting. That shows that you are going to retain that information way better. And so try to think about that also as it pertains to your health and fitness, right? Download as much information as you can, right? Pay attention to the coaches, pay attention to the programming, pay attention to your nutrition, Come in with intention and put your effort in every single day, but also don't be afraid to teach somebody else what you learned that day or what you took away from that or explore that. Think about how you could evolve that. And that's why I think some people in our gym do really, really well with kids, right? Is that's how they, that's how they have the output. They take in the information at the gym and then they go home and they try to teach their kids how to squat or how to do a mountain climber, or how to do a, a handstand or a cartwheel. When we were doing the tumbling stuff, we saw a lot of videos of kids doing cartwheels at home and stuff. And that's awesome, right? Because that shows that you're working on it extra, which is really cool. But you're paying it forward, right? And you are showing that you understand what you learned that day. And that's going to help you stick with things consistently. And so what I want you guys to think about stuff we talked about, right? Initial investment, sticking with it. But then take a little bit of time to, to take stock of why you're doing what you're doing. And then that should help you stay the course. That should help you understand better your purpose of why you're doing things. And so as I think about some of the pursuits that I take on, that's one of the biggest things that I have to stop. And when things get hard or I start to doubt the system or I start to struggle with it, I like to listen to podcasts. And I like to listen to podcasts kind of like this. And I like to be reminded by some of the smartest people who have done it better than anybody that staying the course is absolutely the way to achieving your dreams, to achieving your fantasies, to achieving whatever it might be, right? To achieving better relationships and better financial health and better fitness and wellness, all those things. The answer comes in staying the course, so that's kind of my big goal for everybody today is to just just a refresher on that mindset. You guys haven't maybe thought about that before. And so keep that in the front of your brain. And we'll probably do this podcast once a quarter or so, something along these lines, where we just talk about staying the course, taking stock of what we've already achieved, and then being aware of what we feel like we want to achieve. And then if your wants change, right, then you need to reevaluate what you're doing you need to make sure that, again, ask yourself the question, is staying the course still the best answer? And most of the time, it's probably going to be yes. Obviously, there are situations where the answer is no, 
right? So just a brief touch on that and then we'll wrap it up for the day. But you think about that, right? Let's say I, I have uh, I have a lot of my investments in, you know, long-term, um, you know, 30-year T-bonds and, um, you know, dividend-paying stocks and indices and some of these things, right? Uh, it, it very quickly stops to make sense if you get news that, you know, you have a late stage cancer and you're going to die in six months, obviously, right? You're not going to stay the course on your investment strategy. Maybe you will. Maybe you want to pass it on to your family. But for the most part, you'll probably start to take some of that money out of the stock market, right? And so the same thing would hold true probably with health and fitness, right? Uh, if you were told that you had an extreme heart condition that required you to never have your heart be above 135 beats per minute or else you would die, then that would probably cause you to take a step back from doing CrossFit. So obviously there are situations where it is important to evaluate and we have to keep that stuff in mind and we have to make sure that you know we are only investing in the long term if we have a long term approach. If you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, right? You assume you're going to be around for 30, 40, 50 more years. You assume you want to be there to watch your kids get married and have kids. You assume you want to be there to meet your grandkids and some of those things that should just be assumptions for most of us. We live in America, right? We're not, most of you listening to a podcast, probably on an iPhone, are probably not going to be struggling to figure out where you're getting your next meal from. And so if you're in that boat, then we should have a long-term approach and we should be consistently staying the course with most of our things. All right, so let's get out there. Let's have some purpose. Let's make sure if we have committed to some things, if we've committed to our own nutrition, if we have committed to reading or exercising better mental strength things, stay the course, right? Stick to it, reevaluate where you're at. And as the great Tim Stifler would say, let's go. <laughs>